And welcome back to our next episode of the Million Dollar Coach Podcast, joined by the one and only Christina Anderson. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Lisa? I'm very well. We are Sands, uh, Ash and Sam today. They had other commitments, but you and I were going to keep the flag flying for the team and uh, and, and get another episode out there into the uh, metaverse, either web, whatever it is you want to talk about it. Um. I thought this week it was a good opportunity um, for a topic that I know that you have some experience in and a little bit passionate about as well. And kind of stepping a little bit away from talking about our structure with our pillars and the mindset mandates we cover in our course, but more so talking about how do we frame ourselves as coaches? How do What language do we use to describe ourselves? And you know, I know I've done it as well as I've seen and heard it a million times is coaches saying, well, I'm just a coach or I I just coach one hour a week or I just coach, you know, rather than going, yeah, I'm a professional coach or, yeah, I just teach classes rather than, you know, yes, I'm a professional coach. And how the language we use can actually carry over to our body language it can carry over to our performance it can carry over to even our success as a coach um so i thought that was something worth digging into because i i have no doubt we've got a lot of viewers slash listeners that uh struggle with this sort of construct and identity yeah thoughts well first of all you know i like how you brought up you know yeah, you know, you follow our program, you know, we have the pillars and the packaging and like all the things that you need to do, right? And you can know all of that, like the back of your hand, and you can have a plan, and you can have a why, and you can have all the things that you need to run a successful business, whether it's a business, an affiliate, whatever it is. But if this kind of mental stuff is blocking you, you're never, you're never going to be successful. You can know all the things, but if you don't take on the identity of professional coach, um, it just, it, it won't, it won't happen. You know, you, you have to believe it, uh, in order to make it happen. So I think like, I just like how you, you brought that up, you know? And I think that's, that's the answer. Good podcast, good chat. And, uh, (laughs) but it is something that's really overlooked. Like, you know, every guru out there will tell you you need to be, you know, level two, three, four, like do this specialty cert, do that specialty cert. You know, you need to have this or you need to have coached so many hours. And we did a, an episode which which we actually just released this week with Justin Rodriguez from CrossFit Greenville. And one of the things that interested me when he reached out to us was that he said, oh, I don't know you know, what I have to offer, like, I consider myself a professional coach, but it's not my full-time thing. And I'm like, you're exactly the sort of person we want to talk to, like, to highlight that it doesn't have to be your full-time thing. It's how you go about it when you're doing the thing. Right. And creating that identity, um, you know, we talk a lot in um, mindset coaching and stuff around that about creating that aspirational identity, like, Oh, people like us do things like this. I want to be like this person. Okay, what behaviours do they do that I need to replicate? Oh, they get up early and they write or they, you know, they get up and they meditate every morning or they go outside or they stand on their head, whatever it is, and you go, okay, well, if they're successful and those are the things they're doing, then that's what I need to do. And it's no different to wanting to be a professional coach is, okay, what does a professional coach do? How do I need to act, behave, think, do for whatever time it is that I am in that coach role uh, each day or each week or whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. What has, you know, do you have some of your journey, I guess, that you can talk about in that, you know, how you've dealt with that in your own path at, you know, when you started out as a coach? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, like I kind of said earlier, or like hinted to earlier, you know, you have to, um, you have to adopt that identity in order to make it happen. Right. You know, I think there's a cliche in there somewhere. I know 
we at Fitfiliate love cliches. Um, oh, I just said we. I mean, I'm not. To, I'm I'm a Fitfiliate client, um, and I love Fitfiliate. But you know, I'm a visitor. <laughs> well, you are you are part of the we in uh, the royal yeah, yeah. we I'm in, the, I'm in, the, in this family. podcast. In this yes, um, yeah. but you know, there's a cliche in there somewhere of like you know what is it? It's like live the life of who you want to be or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, I've definitely heard it in a, in a d- couple of different um, iterations, but um, I think that for me starting out, um, I knew that I wanted to be a professional coach. Like I knew that I wanted that to be my career. And so I dropped everything else and I pursued that. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that would hear me say that, and, oh, that's just not possible for me. That is just not possible for me. Um, but I was actually thinking about this earlier when you told me about this topic. And, um, you know, what I've done in the past three years is I have lived as frugally as possible. And I've invested a lot of money in my development as a coach. And I have gotten as much experience in the field as I possibly can, which is not unlike going to college. You know, Mm. I think when we go to college, we go, we spend a lot of money on the courses that reflect whatever it is that we want to do. We don't have a lot of excess money when we're in college because we're in college Mm -hmm. and we try to get as much experience as we can before getting out into the working world. And so I really kind of made this connection for myself and my own journey of like, okay, I've spent the past three years. Yes, I've accumulated debt from, you know, the coaching development that I have done as well as, you know, Mm -hmm. living and being a mom of two kids. And, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of financial uh, decisions that I had to make um, in order to make this a career. But now here I am three years later at the point where I'm starting to be able to turn the other way, starting to be able to pay back some of that debt. And that's exactly what it's like to go to study at a university for what you're doing to be a professional. So I just feel like, um, you know, I think sometimes people kind of turn their nose up at investing in themselves as a coach. Um, but it's not different from, you know, any other, any other path that we can take. And it's that battle sometimes that, you know, from, I mean, I know I, I faced it a lot you know, when I first started coaching is like, you know, people think that it's, you get to wear a training gear all day and hang around the gym all day. So you're not really got a real job. And I used to quite often say, oh, well, you know, um, such and such, oh, well, they've got an adult job and I'm, you know, get to do all the fun things. And really that language was detrimental to myself and underselling the work I was putting in and what I was doing as, you know, a coach and affiliate owner, that it wasn't just, you know, shits and giggles all day and and rainbows and unicorn farts. Like it was hard work. It was learning. It was being uncomfortable and doing things that you, you know, you didn't really know what you were doing at the time, but putting that time and effort into to being the best you could be so that your clients could be the best they could be. Um and it's, it's hard when people external to you who may be in your circle and close to you don't view you, what you do as seriously. They think it's just, you know, a hobby, it's a phase, you'll just get over it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that can be hard. That can be challenging. And even it can be at times when it can come internally in the coaching community as well. It's like, well, you're just the part-time coaches. You know, I'm the full, you know, there can be a perception that from full-time coaches that they are a little bit above, you know, the part-time or the the fill-in coaches or relief coaches. Mm-hmm. But as we have said numerous times, I don't think it's reflective on what level you have achieved that determines the quality of coach you are. Um, and I know we've talked about that, you know, we love the fact that CrossFit has the, you know, the aspirational levels of one, two, three, four. Um, But there are a lot of people who maybe have achieved level three who are not 
great coaches on the floor, but they're good at passing a test, whereas other coaches may find that they can't progress past level two, for example, because they're just not test takers. They're not, you don't have that that recall. But on the floor, if they were to go for their L4, they would they would crush that assessment because that's where they really get their time to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, so there can be a bit of a, a barrier around that is going, oh, well, I need to be this before I can be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I totally get that. Um, and but there's so many, there's so many ways that we can invest in ourselves as coaches, other than the next level. Um, you know, and I think that it eventually, like, you know, the snowball kind of rolls, and and then you eventually kind of seek out those next levels um, in your coaching. But you know, that's why people that do have their level three or are aspiring to get their level three, the CEUs are required, you know, to, to maintain mm-hmm. that credential. So, you know, you can take classes in, in anything that, um, you know, CrossFit offers CEUs for, um, they also offer CEUs for fit affiliate clients, just, you know, throwing that out the Coaching. There. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there's all sorts of ways that you can level up, um, to, you know, like you said, maybe somebody just feels that the level three, um, is something that is just, you know, being a test, it's going to be really hard for them to attain, but they can still do all the other things and be an incredible coach on the floor and not only make more of an impact on their members, but also see themselves as legitimate and professional, mm. um, and, you know, know what they're doing. Mm. And it's, you know, the resources are there. You know, we talk about investing and we always say as well, you know, people who pay, pay attention. If if you, you know, um, just give somebody all the answers, they're not likely to to implement. But for the if you are self-directed and self-driven enough, the resources are there. I know when I first started coaching, like the CrossFit Journal, it still exists. You've got to do a little bit of digging to find it, but it's there and it's free. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I even had the journal when you did have to pay a subscription for a while because I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? Because, you know, I could go in there and search for any topic and there would be an article. And it was a cornerstone of my week, you know, I to read one article. And when I started prepping for my level three, um, when that was a, a focus was, okay, here are the articles and I'm, here's my plan to work through these articles. And even if I never got my level three, I was better for having read those. And, you know, every even um, one of the practices I had and, you know, Geek Alert still have is every quarter to six months since June 2013 when I first got my level one is I reread the level one. Still do it because it's habit now. But every time I read that, I'd go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. There was always something different that I could then implement in classes or in my coaching or something to talk to members about that next week. And it was just, you know, it's such a valuable tool and you can continue to grow and develop if you apply yourself to constant learning. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't have to cost you anything like, you know. Right. I paid for that certificate. I've got that book or that course. I got the manual and I still get enormous value out of it, even though I'm not on the floor coaching at the moment. Like I still read it and want to learn so that I can still be a good coach. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to spin off that, but I'm also going to take you for a little walk because I need to plug in my computer (laughs) and I don't want this conversation to end too abruptly. Um, But (laughs) I think that where you're going, um, you know, I think that then there comes a question now of, uh, you know, how bought in are coaches, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that the unfortunate thing that starts to happen is that coaches start to not take these opportunities to invest in themselves because they feel like they're entitled to something in return for that. Um, And I think that while there is a case and point where that is true and coaches need to be compensated, and this is something that we, you know, 
struggle with a little bit in some situations, Mm -hmm. I think that there needs to be a little bit of an understanding of in order to get to that point where you're treated like a professional coach and you are compensated fairly and you are, um, you know, just being treated with that, you know, way that you want to be treated, it's because you are taking the time to invest Mm. in yourself and doing the things and making sure that um, you are leveling up, maybe Mm. not necessarily the next credential level, but some sort of leveling up in Mm. your, you know, education. Well, I mean, it works, uh, you know, two ways that, you know, the affiliate owner can see that you're putting in time and effort to be better and therefore that benefits them. But then, you know, you're also getting the benefit from doing that. They go, okay, well, you're investing in this and you're putting in effort. I'm going to invest in you and put in, you know, that effort into you. Right. Um, and it can have that that flow on effect. And it's like I, I heard a story recently of uh, someone who is a relatively new coach who has literally gone to the affiliate and going, well, I need more money. Like I see what person X, Y, and Z are earning. I need to I need to make the same. It's like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes there. Like you've just started on this journey and you've walked into the office, you know, we've given you an opportunity to to run a, a program or an additional thing and you you pulled out of that halfway because there was a lot of work. And it's like, well, I don't know if I'm I don't want to commit to all that. There was a lot of work. I don't it was uncomfortable. But hey you know, give me more money. Well, we gave you a tool to be able to earn and and generate and create your own income. And so they were given an opportunity but then didn't sort of grab that with, you know, both hands but then had the expectation. I, and I like that you was, used that word entitlement because as much as we're here to advocate for coaches in the space and we want coaches to lead, a sustain, you know, be able to stay in the ecosystem and earn a living and and support themselves and their families. Um, We also, you know, want to have that balanced view that you're not actually entitled to anything. Right. And it starts with how you view yourself. Like as a professional coach, what do professional coaches do? And there are a lot of professional coaches out there in the landscape that you can look at and go, hey, um, wow, I want to be like James Hobart. Okay. He seems like he's he's on a good, you know, trajectory and he's had a successful coaching career. Okay. Well then, what does he do that makes him successful? And I guarantee you, James Hobart has never walked up to any affiliate owner that he's worked with and said, Well, just give me more money because I'm James Hobart or because I'm this, that, or the other. It's, you know, the process to achieve a, a spot on seminar staff. That's earned not given you need to intern and um work through that process and demonstrate that you're there not just go hey i'm a level three you should i'm kind of a big deal you can should probably put me in a red shirt like that's not how it works it's like our red shirts are our example of professional coaches like they've made coaching a career like okay what do they do that i need to do Mm -hmm. and it starts with on day one for your first class that you coach, viewing yourself through that lens of a professional coach um, yep. and, and creating that aspirational identity rather than just a coach. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it ad nauseum, like, and which is why we're so protective here at Fitfiliate of the affiliate model. Um, we want to protect affiliate owners and of coaches because it's, you know, the most powerful thing you can do you know, apart from, you know, clearly being a brain surgeon, a heart surgeon or curing cancer, all those things. But potentially for some people you're avoiding them having to ever need those services because of the way that you can take care of them and help them change the trajectory of their own lives. You are literally, you know, um, on the front line of helping people past a whole myriad of things that holds them back. So it's not just a coach. Right. Right. I mean, you could be giving someone their life back, giving someone 
excess years on the end of their life. I mean, it, it like the changes and, and the, the growth that come from being a part of a CrossFit affiliate or being coached, um, there, you can't name them. Like it's just, and it, and it's absolutely, um, priceless and it's, it's just such an incredible relationship really. Um, you know, and I, and I think that I, um, have experience firsthand with just like the impact that a relationship with a coach can have, um, mm-hmm. because I've had incredible coaches and I've had not incredible coaches. Um, and, some not incredible coaches that I've had in the past to this day leave a mark that is something that I struggle to, um, you know, kind of combat sometimes. And I remember talking through it with a friend and, you know, and I'm just saying, you know, a coach, a coach is such a special, special relationship. Right. And so like, to have an impact, whether positive or negative, that, um, you know, is so profound in your life. Um, it's, it's normal. It's normal. Um, you know, because I think that, uh, people who come to an affiliate, um, or who experience CrossFit specifically, um, you know, they're coming in a really vulnerable place. And so the coach is the one who's there, um, to kind of pick up those pieces, so to say. So it's like, you know, you come and you're very exposed and we do workouts and, and the coach is the one who's there, uh, as you're kind of leveling up into this better version of yourself. Um, you mm. know, cause we all know that, um, a big part of, the CrossFit methodology and just like, you know, why we all love it so much and and share it is that just inevitable growth that ends up happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, why wouldn't that guidance in that situation be, you know, acknowledged as an actual profession, (laughs) you Mm. know, when it has such, such a profound impact on people's lives. And when you truly dig into the space of coaching versus training, it becomes more than burpees, box jumps, sweat, and your friend time. Like we understand, like as a coach, those are the tools that we use to help access, you know, people's uh, doubts and fears and, and, you know, their behaviours. They're going to, you know, um, prevent them acquiring those skills, which is, you know, on the surface level, but, you know, those are tools then that give us an opening to talk more about behaviours like whether it be nutrition, you know, because Becky can't get her full first box, box jump. It's like, well, how's your nutrition been? You've been trying this for a while. Like you keep saying it'll be easier, but, you know, you're not built to jump. Well, we're humans. We're all built to jump. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's look at some of the behaviours. Are you practising? Are you, you know, why do you think that you, um, are so limited and it lets you open the door to have some incredibly powerful conversations um, with people. When you assume that identity of a professional coach, you understand that it's not just, you know, leading a fun warm-up and high-fiving everyone at the end of class when, you know, we've all done PBs for our deadlift or whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. that's You realise that it's not about the deadlift, it's about what it represents for that person. I mean... You and I have just had a call um, talking about your most recent um, adventure, which was the Frogman 5K, which is like not an insignificant achievement indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I say that because I remember entering a triathlon once and going, as an, and I'm a non-swimmer, like I can barely swim. And I went, oh, 600 metres, that, that doesn't seem that far. It's not far when you're on a bike, but it's a long way when you're a pool. So it blows my mind to swim 5Ks in the ocean with with all the things that are in there. But (laughs) understanding that, you know, that achievement, but what goes in underneath it and being able to, like, as your coach, um, understand those fears and insecurities that, that hold you back and can stop you in that process, but understanding that, it's not about the swim. Yeah. It's about the lessons you learned on that, you know, 5Ks of 
um, just moving through the water and decisions that you made at various points, like it would have been very easy to stop attached to the kayak and go, yeah, tow me in, let's go, we're done, like I'm I'm out versus, well, I need to finish and head down, bum up, arms forward, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, we were talking a lot about reframing and um, I think when you go out to do something like a 5K swim, um, you think that you have to, or at least I did, <laughs> I thought that I had to prove some type of legitimacy, um, by achieving, I don't know. I mean, God only knows what the appropriate time would have been that would have given me that feeling of, I have achieved this. Um, and I think that the secret there is that there really is no time that I could have achieved that I would have felt as though, I was a swimmer or that I, you know, deserved the title swimmer. You know, they, they referred to us all as swimmers, you know, during the race. And, um, you know, I think that at the end of the day, it's like, well, I'm out here, I'm wearing a wetsuit. I have my cap and my goggles, my fins. I am doing the front stroke. I'm in the water. Um, I am choosing to identify as a swimmer. And so you can mm. do the same thing as a coach, right? I'm out here. Mm. I'm reading CrossFit journal articles. I just signed up for the gymnastics course. I am a part of a group of friends who are coaches and we, you know, get together weekly and we discuss coaching and we try to level up. I have conversations with my members. I'm a coach, you know, I'm, I'm choosing mm. to adopt the identity of that I am a coach and then choosing to then adopt the mentality of I am a professional coach, regardless of what you believe that, you know, your outside opinions feel about that. You know, it's, (laughs) you just, you know, you, you can't, you can't control that, right? The only thing you can control is the identity that you I adopt and, and take on for yourself. Mm. And it's, and it's a powerful shift, isn't it? When you, and you know, again, we keep emphasizing it's great to have trainers. We need trainers, people who just go, Hey, I'm just going to do my two hours a week. I'm going to make people squat better. And they're going to, we're going to have a great class. We're going to high five. We're going to chest bump and it's, we're going to laugh and we're going to dance and we're going to do all the things and it's going to be great. Give them, you know, the best time while they're while they're in my care and nobody's going to die. Perfect. We need that. Mm-hmm. But when you make that transition to also then considering yourself as a professional coach, you know, that's an important shift and understanding the, I want to say responsibility that comes with that, not only for your own learning but for making those around you or helping not making, we can't make anyone do anything, but helping those around you to be better and to, you know, want people to lead their best lives, whether that's because they can suddenly, you know, run again after many years of not, or if they can, you know, do a a pull up or even, you know, change position with their feet on a ring row, like all these things that they thought that they couldn't do um, since they were a child or whatever, then, that's a profound impact or having someone, you know, have a relationship with you where you know that you're having like that ripple effect, not only on their lives, but their immediate family and outside that just because of you doing what you do and taking those extra care, but the stuff that you're studying and learning allows you to, to work with them on that deeper level. Like that's a big big thing and you can assume that on day one like first day of coaching club you can assume that when you um if your gym offers you a coaching intern program or a coach development program you can assume it the first day of that and apply yourself you can assume that identity when you do your level one you can it's not too early to assume that right and you know find a coach or that will be a mentor to you and a, you know, a coach to you on your own journey. I mean, I often tell the story that when I was living in Sydney, I had a coach who I 
still to this day is, you know, James is my um, probably one of my favourite coaches that I ever have and the, one of the best coaches I've ever had for me personally. And I remember the day that I went in and said, oh, look, I've got to move back to Queensland. You know, my contract's finished here. He literally put his head in his hands and said, how can we, you know, keep you like we need to, you know. Mm. And I'd been working with him one-on-one because I was always a big advocate. didn't matter what I'd done in my own personal training. I'd always worked one-on-one with a coach or a trainer. Um, And he saw me in a way that other coaches never had in the past and was genuinely invested in my results and my success, not from a, well, it makes him look good perspective, but from a just purely wanting me to be successful. And he was able to give me that accountability and that that level of investment. And I always struggled when I came back up here to find another coach because I'm like, I can't find somebody um, like that for me because that's how I tried to replicate myself then as a coach. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny, a couple, like, I don't know, 18 months after or so I came back and we'd been in regular contact and he sent me a text about something and I thanked him. He goes, I'll always be your coach. And I was like, oof, mm-hmm. you know, feels and you know I think the closest I've come to replicating that is is the relationship I have with my coaches at Fitfiliate mm-hmm. in in having that someone who is transferring their belief onto you yeah. and believes in you more than you do when you don't like it was James who said to me I, I went to him one day and said oh can I tell you something like stupid like that I think of for a goal and he goes sure I said I think I'd like to do my level one, not to be a coach. I'm not going to be a coach, but just for for learning, even though deep down I really wanted to be, but I didn't think that I could be given I couldn't do the movements and aesthetically. And he's like, well, why couldn't you? You could, you see movement. And mm-hmm. I remember I rocked up a couple of days later to a Saturday class. It was a partner work. He goes, I'm going to pair you with this new girl. It's a chance to practice your coaching. <laughs> and you know, they he'd seen the way that I'd help. That was a fairly new gym when I was there. Helped them build that culture of like, I just did what Lisa did, and I'd high five people after class and da 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 da. And they didn't do that. Like he said, we coaches tried to bring that in, but it was until you started doing it and the members started doing it. But it was such a profound relationship that, like, when was that? Two thousand and twelve. So it's eleven years later. It still has a profound impact on me. And if he had have just described himself as I'm just a coach and not done the work that enabled him to have that relationship with me, then I probably, you know, would not be here. If I had asked someone else about doing my level one, they're going, oh, well, you know, you need to get a few more years under your belt and get a bit more skill and da-da-da-da, like never would have happened. We're not having this conversation. We're not where we're at. Yet, you know, he developed himself and had that belief that he could then transfer that belief to me. Yeah. So, you know, you can, the the relationship you can have with the coach is one of the most powerful ones you can have if it's the right coach for you. And we can all have many coaches for different things and that coaches in different ways. But as a coach, it's when you understand that the power in the relationship and the the nature of that relationship, like how can you see yourself anything else but a professional? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I, you know, listening to that story, I, I get like misty eyed because it's just such an amazing example of that profound impact that we were talking about earlier. And, you know, it just, it brings me back. It's funny. You, you brought up James Hobart earlier and um, he actually was around during my first coaching internship. And you and I share the same, very similar kind of mindset coming into coaching of like, I'm not the right aesthetic. I can't do all the movements. And so I remember that James Hobart is the first person on this planet that called me coach. He took Mm -hmm. one of my classes during my internship, it was like the second time I've ever coached. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to coach <laughs> Bart. Are you kidding me? Um, 
And he um, came up to me at the end and said, thank you for class coach. And then left. And <laughs> that was it. It was like, and he just left. And, and I was like, I literally like, just like I am now, like I just got so teary and I was like, Oh my gosh, like he called me a coach, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that, um, that was the beginning of this little bit of a transfer of belief into me that, um, you know, that, that I am a coach and that's a real thing. And, you know, I feel like we've made a really good case for like why being a coach is a legitimate profession and, and mm. why, you know, as coaches, we deserve to be treated as professionals because what we do is just so incredible. Um, but it's still so challenging, right. To, mm. to really adopt that mindset. And I think that, um, you know, to kind of like bring it back to like, okay, so what are some of the things that we can do um, to kind of shift our own mindsets and and really adopt that professional, um, you know, identity? Um, I think that it really just comes from checking in with yourself so often. You know, I think yeah. I, I hear this, I hear this often and I have experienced it before where, um, there's an assumption, right? And I think that sometimes members come in and um, every once in a while you come across a member who kind of wants to come into the gym and do their own thing, you know, mm -hmm. really not, um, you know, not interested in the class setting, kind of want to just do their thing, get in, get out, um, maybe not fully understanding, you know, what it is that we do in the CrossFit methodology. And that's okay. You know, we're, we're here mm -hmm. to teach them and, you know, welcome them in to whatever our affiliate is offering because every affiliate has its own flavor. Um, but I think that, you know, I have had the experience before where there's kind of this you know, I pay to come here, right? <laughs> mentality, um, coming from a member standpoint, which is completely legitimate. Um, but in those moments as coaches, we have to realize that it's our job to educate why we're doing things the way that we're doing. Educate your members who come to your gym about the CrossFit methodology and the magic that is within it. And, you know, if it ends up not being for them, then, you know, then it's not for them. Mm. But by doing that piece by piece, I have found that, that when I come into those situations where I feel in my gut, like I'm facing somebody who doesn't really see what I'm doing as legitimate and just kind of mm. wants to do their thing, the more equipment that I have in my, you know, toolkit of what I've learned that I can pull out that will set off the light bulb for them, uh, I've seen people quickly change their mind. Mm. And then that respect changes from being, I pay you to come here. You're not going to tell me what to do for my workout. And it becomes... Hey coach, what should I do mm. to get better at my handstand pushups? Mm. And so you kind of slowly chip away at the stigma that is out there that coaching is not a legitimate career because it's mm. real. Like we can't acknowledge, we can't not acknowledge the fact that that's a real thing in society. Mm. Um, but how, how do we fight it? Right. How do we rise yeah. above and, you know, cause we, as coaches, we know that we're legitimate and like, it's so important what we're doing. Mm. How do, how do we rise above that? Um, that and of, yeah, it's, you know, if you hadn't considered yourself a professional coach and you were just like, well, I'm just here to get my 25 bucks an hour. It's like, cool. Hey, Christina, that's cool. Look, I'm just going to leave you be. And we'll just have this unspoken agreement that I'll leave you be, you leave me be and just don't disrupt the rest of my class. And everything will be fine. And we all just get on with our lives. It's like, oh yeah, I don't coach Christina. She doesn't, she doesn't like to be coached. <laughs> um, but she, you know, that's just the way she moves. But being a professional coach, you continue to try and find a way to find that little crack where you can get in and, and find, you know, connect with them and find that thing. <laughs> and I think our, our language, it comes back to, you know, as we said in the start, like, and it's probably, you probably feel like this is a continuation of a coaching call that we've just had about, 
the language that we use to describe ourselves is is powerful, like personally, like, you know, am I, you know, when we continually say to ourselves, I'm, you know, disorganized or I can't do this or I can't do that, you're kind of abdicating responsibility for either acquiring the skill or or understanding what behavior you need to change. But then, you know, as a coach, it, it's incredibly powerful the language that you use, I'm just a coach or I only coach or I, you know, how do you carry yourself when you walk into the room? Are you proud when you put on your coach's shirt? Is it, does it look good? Are you wearing appropriate attire to coach or are you, you know, just grabbed it out of the pile of the floor kind of thing? Like are you going in there early to get the whiteboard written up before the first class and, you know, make sure everything's squared away? Like do you make sure everything's squared away after the class? Like all those little things rather than, Hey, I'm just here for 25 bucks and the free coffee and the the free membership if I get that. Otherwise, I'm just working for my membership. So I'm just gonna do what you tell me to do. It's, you know, very different approach. And, and that language that we use can be powerful, it can be detrimental. Yes. Yeah, it absolutely can. I, I had a an interaction recently um with a woman, uh, a grandmother of one of my daughter's friends, and um you know, we were just chatting and she asked me why, you know, why I moved to the, the area that I live near Boston. And, um, you know, I very vaguely just described my story of like, you know, oh, I moved here three years ago uh, to pursue coaching. Um, you know, I moved from Buffalo, New York. And immediately her response was, why would you do that? Like, what, like <laughs> coach, coaching, what coaching, what I don't understand. And like, <laughs> I had like a really serious like inner thought moment with myself where I was like, I don't know that this person is very open to like hearing, you know, truly (laughs) what, uh, who I am and what I'm doing. And, you know, and so, you know, outwardly I, you know, chose to end the conversation and just kind of shrugged it off to like, you know, I don't know, still trying to figure it out. Right. Just life. (laughs) Um, but it would have been very easy for me to go down, or I think an older version of myself, um, or rather a younger version of myself, would have gone down this path of, um, you know, oh my gosh, this woman doesn't think I'm legitimate. Like, maybe she's right. Maybe it was stupid for me to sell my house and, you know, do all this stuff to become a coach. But I didn't, I've gotten to a point in my journey as a coach where like, I don't go down that road anymore. Um, so I think it just, it takes a lot of, you know, kind of exercising that muscle, you know, I'm, Mm. I'm really, I'm really big on making sure that people understand, like, just because it seems like outwardly that I'm super confident and I'm a professional coach and I'm crushing it and I'm a level four and like all this stuff, it's, you know, it doesn't come without all of those little like doubts and like, you know, fears of being inadequate or, you know, just falling down that trap of like, is this really even a job? Like, what am I even chasing after? Um, But it gets less and less and less and less. The more that you flip that script, reframe Mm. that mindset and, you know, understand that maybe a conversation with an old lady who clearly doesn't really want to hear what you have to say is just not something you're going to participate in, but you're going to know in your heart while she doesn't understand, I know that what I do is freaking great. <laughs> and it's what you choose to hang on to. And it's it's about being intentional. So, you know, you could have very much hung on to that conversation with her and let, like you said, let that get in your hand go, well, actually she's right. I sold my house. I did what for, for what? And now look at me versus, you know, um, intentionally flipping that script and going, well, who is this person in my life? What's her opinion worth? Where do I, you know, what's her frame of reference, her story? Well, you know, she may never have experienced coaching or that, you know, a generational thing. I'm just going to leave that where it be and, and I can move on from that and I don't need to carry it with me and weigh it up against my own abilities and performance simply because of how I'm able to reframe that and having your why and 
if you've listened to this podcast, which we hope you do every week, and the Fitfiliate podcast, which again we hope you do every week, you will have heard us uh, torch on relentlessly about having your why. So if you can have your why and know what's important to you and why you're doing the things that you're doing, it makes it very easy to decide what information you take on mm-hmm. and what information you disregard. And you can weigh it up in the balance. And it also helps you make um, decisions about, okay, what's the best course of action here? Well, how does this serve my ultimate goal, where I want to get to? Like, how does it serve that? And, oh, is it going to get me closer to? And and in Fitfiliate, we, we talk about having, you know, action, traction or distraction. And by knowing your goals and your and your why and, and your just cause where you're heading towards you know if an opportunity is presented you can go uh is that going to get me closer to this no well cool I'm not doing it right now can go in the later pile but it's not right now and that applies as much you know to coaches as it does affiliate owners which is you know where we're taking them through it's like okay if I want to be a professional coach is me you know uh doing a you know, talking to my owner about buying more air runners, is that really what a professional coach will do? Is it getting me closer to that? Versus um, spending an hour, you know, reading the um, the journal or reaching out to, to us here at Million Dollar Coach Program and, you know, investing in our online course. Right. Um, and then down the track, our seminars. But our online course is teaching you what to do with your, how to tell your story, how to package and partner and position like your skills and knowledge so you can actually create that sustainable income rather than um, just sitting on your hands and, yeah, guys, today we're going to squat, yep, hips, hips back and down, knees out, you know, twist your feet into the floor, all the things that you do. It's like, understanding that that those deeper behaviors that go behind that stuff and using appropriate language and having that why lets you really reframe well this thought process this thought bubble that I'm heading heading down with hang on a minute that's that's not who I am that's not who I want to be and and being intentional and, and switched on enough to to understand like we have you know thousands and thousands of random thoughts pop into our head each day but it's learning which ones to attach to and which ones to not attach to and to ignore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it just, um, I think going back to where we kind of started this whole conversation is that it's a conscious choice you know, it's a choice that you have. Um, if you, truly want to be a professional coach and you have that solid why and that kind of foundation built, um, there's nothing that's going to stop you. You know, I think um, it's just a matter of, you know, in the beginning, like, yeah, you, you have to kind of work for pennies and like put in the time and mop the bathroom floor. And like, you know, I did it. I did it all. Now there's a fine line there, right? Because I've been you know, ending up in situations where maybe was doing that kind of thing for too long, um, you know, and, and, and losing sight of, you know, okay, now that I've leveled up to this point, what is my worth? And maybe that's like a separate podcast topic, I'm sure down the road. But um, that said, you know, it's, you got to start somewhere. Um, And I think that if you're a coach, and you want to be a professional and you have a really strong why, but you're waiting for somebody to either A, hand it to you on a silver platter or B, compensate you to even try. I think that that, um, you know, you got to take a hard look in the mirror and you have to really ask yourself if this is what you really, truly want, because mm. Again, I know it appears really flashy and fun and all that, but it is really hard work, really hard work, not only like legitimately work, but like mental work and work within yourself. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you have to want it to be a professional. And it starts with thinking like a professional. 
yeah. doing instead of, you know, like you said, you've cleaned the toilets and cleaned the bathrooms, but it's like, oh, you're going to pay me extra to do that? Or like this is just part of making the member experience better. This is part of what we do as a coach. And, yeah, that's the stuff you do not see on people's Instagram highlight reels because, you know, all you see is the the movement, the technique videos or the, you know, inspirational diatribes rather than, you know, the hard work. The Yeah, today I had to sit with my thoughts and figure out why I keep making the same mistakes over and over. So I guess our, our parting, uh, parting message is be aware of the language that you use to describe yourself. If you want to be a professional coach, then talk about yourself and think about yourself in that context and don't sell yourself for less than what you are. You're a coach. You're changing lives. You're having an amazing, you're, you're saving lives. The power of a, you know, a coach that you connect with, and I speak from personal experience, will save your life, literally. Because you know that your coach is the one person who believes in you when you don't and when you feel like nobody else does. And to have that role in somebody's life as a coach is something that is incredibly amazing and and privileged and and special and it's not just a coach in that regard you know you are you are someone's beacon even if they don't tell you that even if you don't realize that so you need to act accordingly you need to you know be the person and be the coach that you aspire to be but start today even if you don't feel like you're that person start today yeah. if you struggle with this stuff if this resonates with you please reach out to us uh there are links in the show notes uh our this podcast is brought to you by fitfiliate um powered by fitfiliate we like to say um mm -hmm. so if you're an affiliate owner and you you also struggle in this space you know and i will say to anyone and everyone and you're a good example of this christina like get a coach you don't have to be an affiliate owner to have a coach to guide you um we at Fitfiliate are not in the business of giving you the answers. We look at your behaviours, not just providing you with answers. Um, and I think the last Fitfiliate podcast episode on behaviours, not answers, is we Tony and I dig into that a little bit. But please reach out. We have options and and solutions and and pathways that can help you, you know, get to where you truly want to be. We don't work with everybody, so you know we want people who are you know, empowered to take ownership of their journey and do the hard things and do the work and not abdicate responsibility. So please reach out. That's what we're here for. Leave a comment. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, please share. Please also don't forget to jump on and like and subscribe to our channel on YouTube um, and also our Instagram channels, Million Dollar Coach Program, the Fitfiliate Podcast and also Fitfiliate themselves thank you christina as i got through the last of the infomercial messages at the end um have enjoyed this chat today immensely and i know we'll have um our other two co-hosts ash and sam back on deck next week and we can bring the gang back together for some uh more lively conversations yeah <laughs> awesome all right thanks mate